I wrote this originally back on January 5th, and I had planned to record it on January 6th, but by the end of the day on January 6th, it seemed a little bit out of place. Perhaps it's still a little bit out of place, I guess we'll see. But something I heard this last weekend made me think, maybe now's the time to record it. There's been a lot of talk over the last two decades about pacifism, nonviolence, and the way of Jesus. I have some thoughts. Get your coffee. For more than 15 years, I was privileged to teach at a local college. Yes, it was a Bible college, but I was still teaching primarily among 18 to 23-year-olds, and I thoroughly enjoy teaching in a college environment. I hope that I'll be able to continue to do so again in the future. In fact, when COVID all first began a year ago, I had just begun teaching a class on leadership and church planting, but ultimately the class ended up being entirely online, which admittedly was pretty challenging. So I took a little break. But there is something really special about being able to interact with people when they're trying to figure out the world and their place in it. And that is really happening during that early adult period in a person's life. That's when people are establishing their credo, their beliefs, their ideologies, their worldview, their philosophy. About 10 or 12 years ago, I found that a lot of the students that I would have, and I'm specifically thinking about guys, but a lot of the male students that I would have, they would come into my class with a pacifistic and nonviolent perspective. I do personally believe that this had a lot to do with the fact that their most impressionable years from about age 11 to 20 happened during that period of time from 2001 to about 2010, 2011. That period of time was dominated by the terrorist attacks of September 11th and then the American response to them in Afghanistan and Iraq. Watching those kind of things unfold at that impressionable age would have an obvious effect on a lot of people. And the students that I would have, they would come into the Bible college having grown up in that environment. So they'd end up in my class. And at the time, I was primarily teaching through the Old Testament books of Isaiah and Jeremiah. And my classes were among the most well-attended classes at the school. It was not unusual for me to have 60 to 70 students in my classes each semester. And this was a school of only about 400 total students. So that's a significant showing for an elective class. Invariably, when you are teaching through the Old Testament prophetic books like Isaiah and Jeremiah, you have to deal with concepts that seem to be at odds with other passages of Scripture, especially passages like those we find in Jesus' longest discourse in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7, what's called the Sermon on the Mount. Specifically, what Jesus seems to teach as it relates to nonviolence and pacifism. Jesus says, agree with your adversary quickly. He teaches, I tell you the truth, resist not an evil person. But whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And of course, I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you and do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who spitefully use and persecute you. 
how does this revelation of God jive with others in the Old Testament that seem to say something different? I distinctly remember a conversation I had with a group of students after one of my lectures in Isaiah. God, through the prophet Isaiah, says to the people of his day, learn to do good, seek justice, rebuke the oppressor, defend the fatherless, plead for the widow. One of the things that I taught in that lecture was that God judged his people in the Old Testament for not defending the defenseless and not enacting justice upon the oppressors. This was the basis for this conversation and the questions that came up after my lecture, after my class. A group of guys in the class came up to talk with me about pacifism, nonviolence, and the way of Jesus in light of all that I had just taught in Isaiah. And I understood their objections, but they needed to understand that all scripture, if truly given by inspiration of God, must accord with itself. We must hold any idea that we think of as being biblical in line with the whole counsel of God. That means that God cannot say one thing in the Old Testament and then contradict himself in the New. Additionally, it is wrong to think that God was one way under the Old Covenant in the Old Testament, and then he somehow reformed himself in the 400 years between Malachi, the last of the Old Testament prophets, and Matthew, the first of the New Testament books. God cannot contradict himself. This is one of the important truths we bring to our biblical interpretation. One of the fundamental laws of reason is the law of non-contradiction. And it must be also one of our fundamental rules in biblical interpretation, hermeneutics. So how do we hold these two ideas together? How can God call us to justly defend the cause of the defenseless? the orphan, the widow, the stranger, or the foreigner, while also calling us to resist not evil and to turn the other cheek. There are literally volumes of books written on these topics throughout history, and a number of good books written on these ideas recently. Some of them have some pretty good things in them. I've read through them. Others seem to have a bias against any sort of offensive justice. And I, I somewhat understand where this comes from, but I will say this, just as I did 10 or 12 years ago to that group of students that I was talking to, I remember that there were four or six guys talking with me about this topic, and then there was a group of girls standing a few feet away listening to our conversation. And basically I said to the guys, much to the joy of the girls that were standing a few feet away, do not mistake your cowardice for virtuous pacifism. You may not be a pacifist as much as you are a coward. When it comes to nonviolence, you can choose to be a pacifist so much as it relates to and depends upon you. If it is possible, as much as depends upon you, live peaceably with all men. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, you should resist not evil and turn to them the other also. But if someone begins to assault or violate one of these young ladies and you stand idly by because you're a pacifist, I do not believe God will hold you guiltless. No, we should not be pompous bullies tearing about looking for a fight. But we should also not mistake cowardice for virtuous pacifism. For many years, I trained in martial arts and 
anyone that has trained in martial arts, or really, I'd say the vast majority of those that I trained with in martial arts were never the type to look for a fight. But they sure knew how to engage a bully if they needed to. I remember an afternoon I was driving through the middle of the town that I live in, and I saw two guys in their late teens or early 20s start pounding on a guy about their same age, right on the side of the road. And the guy was quickly getting pummeled, and he did not have a chance. I remember exactly where I was when this happened, the the road where I was, the time of day, the whole thing. And I instantly pulled over right next to this fight, and I jumped out of my car to help the guy that was getting destroyed. And the two guys that were beating on him, as soon as they saw me coming toward them, they took off running really, really quick. The guy that they had been beaten on, he wasn't terribly injured. He was beat up pretty good, but not so much that he couldn't stand up on his own. I didn't know any of these guys. They were all strangers to me. I didn't have to throw a punch, but I certainly wasn't going to drive by and let the guy get beat up because true pacifists don't allow defenseless people to be beat up by bullies. Why does there appear to be a difference between the teaching of Jesus the early church and those termed the church fathers as it relates to ideas surrounding pacifism, nonviolence, and later the ideas of what is called just war theory. I suggest to you that there is more to it than initially meets the eye. The early church was walking out the way of the kingdom as those that had no political power. In such a case, it is necessary to resist not evil and to bless those who curse you. But the calculus looks entirely different when, post-Constantine, the church has political power. And then they need to learn how to wield political power righteously. And thus you have the doctrine of just war theory. The way of Jesus encompasses much more than pacifism and nonviolence. It also directs us in how we ought to use power correctly when we have it. So learn to do good. Seek justice. Rebuke the oppressor defend the fatherless, and plead for the widow. Something to think about. We'll see you next time.